Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I called it first. I'm hosting Jeopardy. (laughs) Are you though? Listen guys, we we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits... Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Oh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but not safe for anything picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, Patreon.com/slash/MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tiers started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then, enjoy this week's movie. If you're listening to this podcast right now, welcome back, by the way. This is uh, Masters of the Cinematic Universe. That is Donald Duck. And we are talking Ghostbusters Afterlife. If you're listening to this podcast, if you are a regular listener of this show and we don't know you, we're not familiar with you, sometimes you don't want to engage with people in that way, you're shy, I get it. But if you sign up as a new Patreon member before the next episode is recorded and released, my promise to you is that we will tank that fucking ad and never play it again. It'll go right in the trash. <laughs> yep, we recorded go. we recorded that ad before we knew anything about podcasting. Um, at least I can say that personally for me. Uh, me it's, too. It's yeah, all, too all I had done is a hundred episodes just surprised me by then. <laughs> doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> Does not count. It's too long. It's it it just it breaks my spirit going into the episode. So <laughs> That is my promise to you. I don't care who you are. Listen, if if we're are we're there with you on your drive to or from work, if you got a long commute, if you're sitting on an airplane, if you're just sitting at the house trying to get through some fucking home office work, and you're listening to the sounds of our voices, please, for the love of God, just give us a dollar, just one fucking dollar a month, just for one, just give us one dollar and then cancel it. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> all you have to do is visit patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U to support the show, you cheapskate. There you have it. So I promised you on the previous episode that there would be a lot of clips, and that's still true. So, Joe, if you want to hit this next clip from me, we're going to get it rolling. So what's your podcast about? Oh, um, mostly mysteries and the unknown. Uh, conspiracy theories. The occasional restaurant review. Maybe I could check it out sometime. 
Really? Yeah. Yo, do you ever get asked that question? The show really finds its voice on episode 46. No. Uh, <laughs> I get asked the question, what's your podcast about? But I never get that. Maybe I could check it out sometime. <laughs> no, that's true. Me, that's good me either. Possibly you because I tell somebody, you shouldn't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, you do preface it that way. I was going to be on it, and you were like, yeah, you shouldn't listen to this. That's terrible. Um, you won't want to be, be a guest. Yeah. Um, so it's hard it's hard to have anything against this he's such an endearing character podcast is you know he's like the joe of this movie like he's <laughs> he's always recording kind of and he's dealing to... with trying to fix all the broken shit all the time yeah exactly man he's <laughs> he's trying to bring the energy and the you know the narrative and he's mm -hmm. you know, I, yeah i really i see a lot of you in this character joe i want you to know that I, I, i'll take that yeah, he even does the occasional restaurant review, which Joe does. I do. Because talks does. about Hourglass and other Chipotle. places y'all visit. Yeah, Chipotle. Mm -hmm. oh, definitely Chipotle. Right. Like, I'm an expert yeah. of that place. Yep. <laughs> so much cilantro. So much. Tastes like um, soap. <laughs> <laughs> so back at the farmhouse, Phoebe sees that another move is made on the chessboard and begins playing an invisible force they're playing chess together as the chess pieces begin moving in front of her the ghost leads her downstairs by turning on lights until she finds the ghost trap under the floor panel which is kind of a clever little trap it's like a slide and lock puzzle yes yeah. yeah yeah very cool and apparently she um, ain't afraid of no ghost she's not <laughs> man no not at all they explore with this character that she's a little bit on the spectrum in in so much that she says like overstimulation calms her and she doesn't relate to people in the same way as, as you know is expected mm -hmm. and uh yeah she's just she's she's very much a puzzle solver problem solver um and she loves this shit like you, you can see that she got some of that from her grandfather um she takes this trap that she finds in the floorboards to school to summer school and Gary sees it and fucking nerds out over it because we live in a world where the Ghostbusters existed and he's like oh shit well like what a cool replica um, but they don't know what he's talking about so he kind of schools them on the 80s in New York and Ghostbusters and that's what this next clip is all about no way killer replica totally a replica of what trap a ghost trap seriously how do you of all people not know about this i'm ashamed oh, i was obsessed new york in the 80s it's like the walking dead then it just stopped mm -hmm. i mean there hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years Yeah. Then it just stopped. Now, it does. Now, Tony, as our resident Ghostbuster super fan, that scene jumped out at me because it appears as though they're glossing over the events of Ghostbusters 2. What is your take? Uh, it was more or less a summation of like the initial, I would say, the cross rip that happened in Manhattan. So to me, that's kind of the major event. So Ghostbusters 2 was more of like, wasn't so much the end of the world as another cataclysmic event. 
Mm-hmm. Or and because, just follow me here. They don't give a shit about continuity. N- no, <laughs> no. I, it's still it's it's he's the guy's trying to summarize for two kids, man. So like, if I had to tell everybody about the Ghostbusters in thirty seconds or less, that would be the first thing I would mention. It was like, hey, yeah. these four guys from Manhattan like literally saved the world in nineteen eighty four. So like, to me, that was you know he's kind of on point with that. It didn't really, I would say, discanon. Ghostbusters 2, it really discanoned uh, Answer the Call because he said there hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years, and that's where everybody gets on that bandwagon. They're like, oh, yes, no Ghostbusters. Also, I'm, yeah. I'm really kind of irritated that when this scene came on, he wasn't like in the teacher's lounge with like another teacher, and he's talking about it, and then like Michael Pena jumps in and starts like, oh, man, like you should have seen it. It's Ghostbusters, man. We were in like downtown New York, and then like my cousin was like, yo, bro, check out this giant ghost over here that's coming over, and he's sliming the whole city and shit. And I'm like, nah, bro, I like marshmallows because, you know, like s'mores and shit. But then this giant marshmallow came, and then they like just blew it up and like covered in jizz, except for that one dude who came out because he had to like kiss the girl and stuff and you know he couldn't have the marshmallows on him not bad not bad yeah but <laughs> i mean he, yeah very nice you know i never practiced yeah. plan those either those like come out spontaneously Eric, uh-huh. to answer your question i just think it's a it's really a summary of like trying to capture all that within a five-year event because ghostbusters 2 was an 89 so within mm-hmm. five years like that's still pretty close history within that canon hey it's fair yeah like yeah, that. and also, I mean, the 84 event was new to everyone. We're by 89, and I'm talking about within the universe. 89 was old hat. Yeah. Oh, it's mm-hmm. happening again. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, but 84 was like, this is the first time it's happened. He yeah. man, he man, he <laughs> man. <laughs> we will have to do Ghostbusters too. <laughs> and then if we do that shit, we're definitely doing fucking Girlbusters. Oh yeah, I love that movie, man. I'm a, I'm all in. I want to hear Doug. Uh, rip it to shreds I, too. I, I'm excited. I will. About it. Yeah, me and Eric get to team up on him and tell him he's a racist, uh, not racist, a uh, sexist. <laughs> yes, because I proved that time and again that I am. So. Because yeah, the only yeah. reason he doesn't like that movie is because there's there's women in it. Yes, you don't like Kate McKinnon. Reason. Oh, playing Holtzman. She was I, crazy. I love that part. That's a good part. That's a good part. I appreciated her as the weird Barbie in the Barbie movie. <laughs> I gotta uh, watch that, that movie good. still. I did see a still of her in that, and it looks great. <laughs> did that you see great. the um, Heinz is making ketchup and barbecue sauce in like oh, their yeah. pink? Oh, that's <laughs> great. Oh, that's good. They're really that's cool. Good stuff. Yeah, that's called marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I hope I hope they make as much money. They've already made a billion dollars at the box yes, office on the Barbie movie. Jesus, a billion? A That's billion a big dollars, dude. Well, there you that, go. Go woke, go broke, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're proving it. Yeah. Um so back to afterlife. Um, yeah, he's she's being led down by this ghost, which is um cool in itself. Shows the trap to Gruberson. Gruberson is is enamored by it and he realizes it's not a replica it's an actual legitimate ghost trap because like some spooky ghost spectral mist comes out of it and he drops it um he shows her and podcast this old footage on youtube of the ghostbusters um the old commercial they made you know we're ready to believe you and all that shit um they rig the trap to a school bus battery to get it to open because you know they show them like trying to pry it open with a ruler and shit like it's not working um they succeed and a ghost resembling one of the demon terror dogs from the original film flies away joe another quick clip 
science is reckless. Totally, yes, it's punk rock. It's a safety pin through the nipple of academia. Ouch. <laughs> that That's line. So great. Isn't it great? Yeah. It tickles me, man. I quote it all the time. Science is the fucking, it's punk rock. It's a safety pin through the nipple of academia. Um, and then that dialogue feels very Ghostbusters. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, they, they unleash the terror dog and it flies away. We get some exposition and we sort of get a refresher on all of the mythology from the original film about Gozer and the terror dogs. And I, I, again, I feel bad, but I don't because here's another clip, but I can't do it justice the way he can in this brief chunk. I think Gruberson's trying to bone your mom. (laughs) Best line. (laughs) Oh. Oh. That doesn't bother you. No, of course it bothers me. I just don't exhibit emotions the same way everyone else does. Inside, I'm vomiting. Wait. Isn't this what we saw earlier? Sumerians believed in a land of the dead, a dark and shadowy realm within the bowels of the earth. The souls of the dead are ruled by a mighty god, Gozer, and protected by a powerful gatekeeper and keymaster in order that Gozer might rise up and walk the human plane again. The gatekeeper and keymaster must assume the form of beasts. What did we let out? Yo, mama. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's worth saying again, man, like McKenna Grace's delivery is yes. so Egon-like. Mm-hmm. Um, what comes to mind for me, we were just talking about Ghostbusters too. There's a scene in that movie where Egon's doing experiments and he's got a kid behind glass and they bring him a, a puppy and they're, yes. they're measuring, <laughs> you know, his emotional response. And they play the whole scene. He does the dialogue in the scene. And then at the end of that scene, they cap it with, let's see what happens when we take the puppy away. But he just <laughs> says it in the most monotone, like, you know, scientific way possible. And she yeah. so encapsulates that, man. It's so great. Um, I got a little secret to tell you. Oh, I haven't seen Ghostbusters 2 since the 90s. That's the I've one with probably, the painting, right? I've prob- yes. yes, I've probably only seen it one other time other than the theater oh man it's it's because i was so it was i was so underwhelmed by it like it's it's a tough it's one of those i feel that got better with age i guess i I should try it i should i and and i i it's not one of those movies that i'm angry about you know like that i won't watch it just hasn't it's not on tv a lot do you know what i mean they don't really show that one as often because i'm not going to watch it if it's on tnt or something and I just I have not seen it <laughs> since like the early '90s, you know. Probably when it came out on VHS, um, or DVD. I don't know when DVD started coming out, but, um, you know, after its theatrical release, I just I maybe saw it once. I was yeah, like, and that's I because think. of the exposure, and you don't want us exposing ourselves. but i i could totally see that man because ghostbusters was this huge cultural phenomenon it was a a pitch perfect movie and the sequel comes out and it's not as good yeah you know it's definitely not as good it's um i don't know it's worth a rewatch i mean yeah i appreciate it more 
the older I get, there's mm-hmm. there's another line in that movie where Ray is talking to Egon. He's about like you know his childhood. He's like you know all this shit he had as a kid, and Egon's like he can't relate. Like you know Ray's like you didn't have this stuff when you were a kid. He's like we had, had a slinky. <laughs> yeah, we had part of a slinky once, and then he there's a pause, and he goes, "I straightened it." <laughs> <laughs> Which like is, that. it's akin to, I collect spores, mold, and funguses. Yes. So, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's another Easter egg is coming up. I'm telling you, man, because yeah. uh, if you're if you're eagle-eyed, there's a point at this movie where you see a shelf in Egon's mm-hmm. lab, and it is nothing but spores, mold, and fungi. I'll, fungi. I'll tell you fungi, my fungi, favorite yeah. Easter egg when we get to it. Okay. All right. I bet you can't Fair even enough. guess what it is. It's not a banyan tree. It's uh, not. Unfortunately, no. we know that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Phoebe finds Egon's lab in the basement. Um, how do you get there? A fire pole. How do you oh, get out? It. Yeah. How Lord, the fuck do you get out of that? To thing? be fair, I did see stairs in the background yeah. when she okay. was down there. All right, so like, because I had that thought too. I was like, okay, Look, wait. I'm more concerned how the Ecto One got in the fucking mine. They had to lower themselves <laughs> <laughs> later in the movie when it's parked in it's the fucking bottom of the mine. <laughs> You're not supposed to think about it that deeply, man. It's just there. It's a, it's a superheroic vehicle. It can do. You know. I'm also more concerned of how they find Spangler's old uniforms and they magically fit kids with no problem. Oh, no, they were. No, they don't fit. They're all baggy. They were all oversized. No, they were not fucking six foot they four. Were, they were oversized and baggy. Spangler was like six foot fucking four. <laughs> These are like were, kids wearing this shit. And it is not that oversized. Oversized and baggy. Not they that are. much. They are. They, no. they made very sure that it was. And no. I know this because. It looks like that's they fit them the perfectly. Magic. I'm just like, this is some bullshit. It's called movie magic. Yes, that's another thing to pick on. Absolutely. Ruined the whole movie. You ruined it for me. <laughs> All right, so so we get to this pivotal point in the movie where, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Phoebe realizes that her, their grandfather was a Ghostbuster, and she begins to take matters into her own hands. She sees a proton pack with the uh, neutrona wand, and she's able to start repairing it with the help of Egon's invisible ghost. Um, really cool how they, you know, you have a scene where. I'm just glad they weren't doing pottery. <laughs> that would have been awkward. Oh. That would have been super awkward. Oh. Um, wow. it's, the it's Righteous a, Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thoughtful scene, man, because they are communicating in an un- unconventional way, and they actually puppeted a light to interact with Phoebe in that scene. So there's someone, Jim Hensoning, a fucking, like, a workshop yes. light. And it's it really works well she even questions like how do you know how to do all this shit and he shines the light on all the degrees on the wall yeah you know (laughs) because i'm fucking genius you know what i mean um so she starts working on this proton pack she gets it fixed and she takes it out to test it with her new pal podcast yes um which who this uh, we talked about wish fulfillment this is also a different kind of wish fulfillment this is like every kid wishing that this equipment was real that they fantasized about in the 80s and like oh my god i would fucking yes i would blow shit up with this thing um joe if you want to hit this next clip this is the proton pack scene switch me on
planted. Her face is poised. Will this be the moment of her death? Nobody Nice shooting text. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I just wanted you to hear that sound design. It's so lovingly um, pulled from the original um, yes. sound design. And another thing for you nerds, Jason Reitman cares so much about continuity that he went back to the original movie, and when they switched that proton pack on for the first time, he noticed that the spot which the actors the scene chose to turn it on, there's nothing there on the proton pack he's just you know miming doing something but there's no switch there so in this movie he felt it was important to have that be the spot where the switch was on the proton pack Mm -hmm. so they added it there and uh that's the spot that podcast flicks the uh the breaker on so little little cool inside baseball there yeah how much did you nerd out about the cyclotron being repaired so it's it's really I'll, I'll to answer your question kind of a lot um because a you get to see inside of that thing which you never got to see before yes and b it's hot rotted you know she had to work with what she had so it doesn't function the same way that it did in the old movies it's faster and it's noisier it's just like spinning fucking crazy um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like the muscle car of the proton packs. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. uh, the four lights always did that. That like sequence. sequence. There are yeah. four yeah, lights. Was... <laughs> 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 but yeah, it was hot rodded because it, it spun so much faster. So I wonder yeah. how much power it really had by the time he modded those. So the the cool thing about these Haslab proton packs is you can switch between 1984 mode, like those slow sequencing. And afterlight mode, which is just oh, wow. you know nice. that hot rotted thing. So, yeah, it's uh, oh, I I really, as far as prop and production design, you know, this movie hit a home run. It was so important to the people who worked on this movie to make it feel like it belonged in universe. So it was as much puppetry as possible, as much yes. you know, they it wasn't an over reliance on CGI. Like they really. Because you got to think the people working on this movie were kids that saw this movie in the eighties, and so they they this is their religion. This movie, like they wanted to do it justice. Yeah, this um, is kind of what I wanted to ask about the fan the fan service to this was really the gizmos for me and the tech. So yeah. the tech the tech was even better than I would say like Star Wars replicating their tech. Like when you see like the Phantom Menace and you see like the stuff that they try to pull out of the box from the seventies to the nineties. No, Afterlight did this much more service than uh, I would say even the Star Wars franchise did, and that that to me that spoke volumes that they really took that uh, attention to detail into the uh, technology that was used by the Ghostbusters. I agree with you, dude, man. Like it's it's visually so unique, it does stand out. And Star Wars is a great example because you have like these iconic props. You know what I mean? You have the lightsaber, the Millennium Falcon. Like those are instantly recognizable things in, in pop culture it's the same thing with this movie you see a, a, a fucking ghost trap or a proton pack and you just know what it is 
even if you haven't seen the movie in 30 years or you've never seen the movie you're just like oh yeah that's the car from the ghost movie you know Mm -hmm. it's it's cemented itself so um yeah dude i loved it i loved what they did with it i loved how run down everything was (laughs) um yeah it felt very real to me um so the test is a success in that she blows some shit up and it's awesome while they're testing it they hear some weird noises in a warehouse that's nearby um they go inside and they encounter their first ghost this is your first ghost of the movie and we call it muncher <laughs> Joe. <laughs> technically it's the second ghost because we saw the dog earlier <laughs> that's true. all the terror dog we, yeah, yeah we did yeah. see the terror dog yep. so yeah you're right this is the second ghost oh, call the it what it is it's a devil dog <laughs> right there with the Twinkie, the Twinkie and the Double Dog. Is that a free floating metal muncher? Definitely class five. Okay, uh, what do we do? Let's get him. What? <laughs> Let's get him. A call yes. back to yep. Get her, which is what Ray says their plan should be when they're in the Sedgwick or in the library. Um, so yeah, man, they, they, in that scene, they meet back up with Trevor who now has the car. Um, Trevor had joy ridden through a CGI field of wheat as, as we discussed earlier. Overshone in the trailer so much. Yeah. 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 That but, car uh, would not have survived that jump, man. It was, no. oh no, you, that you was actually, fold. that was not <laughs> the car though. That was actually CGI. It was really a Chevy, a Chevy Silverado Z71 from like 1994. Oh, it actually okay. made the jump, and because it had the same frame and wheelbase as the Cadillac Fifty Nine, that's why yeah. they chose that truck to do and they the just jump. Put the CGI skin on top of it. That's yeah, well, they cool, used man. the frame of the truck to actually line up the wheels on the Ecto One. Uh-huh. Yeah. Smart. Also, like that car would have never drove again after that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that happens in every movie with a car jump ever. Yeah. Like there isn't a movie out there that has a car jump where the car would have survived the jump. Like that's just the thing. Also, Blues like brothers. that thing sat for how many years without starting, and then just literally started up, and it's like so Egon, fucking he powerful. He worked on it. He worked on he it. He worked on and, it. And, yeah. And Egon helped. Mm-hmm. The go, e- ghost. He put Egon a new helped. battery in it, and fucking he connected one wire. Ghost, ghost Egon helped get it started. That thing probably had some old gunked up fuel in it that fucking never got stable. <laughs> putting it, it, yes. it probably had the uh, big block 454 with a quadrajet. That's not hard to troubleshoot. Suck, bang, blow. That's all you need to know about a combustible engine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Kids listen to this show. Man. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm talking about compression. Blow. Compression and firing. So if you get the firing order and the compression, all you need is the fuel. And then once you have those three elements, you can yeah, get Yeah, but that thing's got some old fuel in it. That's just going to be like fucking gunked. Hold on, do you didn't see that kid's t-shirt, man? He knows what he's doing. (laughs) Exactly. We don't know how long he spent on the car. Yeah, Yeah. don't minimize it. Yeah, come on. He could have he could have you fucking apologists. You guys are such apologists. (laughs) Spent the whole day on it. Look, this is the first time I ever got to argue with Joe. Like on our shows, like we're like synonymous. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's some bullshit, but y'all love this shit, so I get it. But it's some bullshit. Mm -hmm. Can I talk about the cinematography of when the muncher came in? Is exactly when they were first met with Slimer. And it was the exact same kind of sequencing where we're like, hey, what's that? And then they actually discover and there's something like floating around. It was it was to mimic the first Ghostbusters. Oh, Joe, you missed one word in your description. It's called inconsequential bullshit. 
because ah. it don't fucking matter. And that also, Tony, I'm, I'm on your side. It doesn't matter at all. It does. I'm on, I'm on Tony's side in this argument, but I will point out that you said cinnamontography, and that sounds like a breakfast cereal. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had some cinnamon yeah. cinematography French toast this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's my southern dialect. I That's pretty funny. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they they of course meet up with Trevor. They get in the car. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. This is something I spotted the first time I watched this, and it's it's there. There's a goof when they are standing on the road. There's a long shot, and you see the car parked at the top of the fucking yeah hill, <laughs> yeah yeah, waiting for its cue to come down the road. That waiting for the director to go okay. Yep. And because they're just sitting there, and then it comes. It's just you know yeah. That's definitely in yeah. there, man. Yep. Kind of like the airplane in Gladiator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. The airplane and the big tank underneath the chariot when it flips over. The big oh, yeah, tank. yeah, yeah. It's like, like this look. gigantic compressed air tank that helped the chariot flip over is completely visible when it's on its side. Yeah. Listen, sometimes the warts kind of show, you know. Exactly. I mean? Exactly. It was like, wasn't that uh I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but wasn't there some big deal about like a Starbucks cup on a yeah, table? Yeah. coffee cup? <laughs> that shit was done on purpose. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it was sort of a sabotage thing. Yeah. And even in the Mandalorian, there was a shot where there was very clearly like a guy who couldn't get out of the frame. So he's just like standing yes. there in jeans, like, hey. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, I love so, it. So, yeah, so we, also, just, just to, you know, point out an important thing, that was one of the bullshit seasons of Game of Thrones, and Mandalorian is also bullshit. So no, we, have a, we have a fucking uh, precedent set here. Any opportunity I, I you so. can get to shit talk the Mandalorian, I get it, man. It's like you you just you get a whiff of it and you're like, oh, look, Doug's with me it. now. It's not good. I'm not I'm not Joe, but I I, I he has some valid points. <laughs> Ooh, and that was one of the valid, worst seasons of Game of Thrones. Got also, some valid points. That 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 yeah. Anyway, that know. wasn't season one of Game of Thrones. That <laughs> was season seven. Yeah, yeah, yes. they were just cash and checks at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, Jon Snow fucked his aunt. <laughs> oh, real, spoiler alert. Goddamn. Uh, so we get a big set piece. We get a cool chase sequence through the heart of downtown Somerville. And uh, it's really well shot. It's really well directed. It's it's um, it's just a cool chase sequence, man. Chasing down Muncher in the Ecto-1. The Ecto-1, unbeknownst to us as fans, has a gunner seat which is yes yeah. which is uh, it's a clear homage to the real Gus, ghostbusters cartoon show and mm -hmm. the, the artwork that came within and the kenner toy with the seat on top of the car like there's always been this idea of like man they should chase ghosts in the car like that's what the car is for um they that that whole beautiful notion is writ large in the sequence because you get the gunner seat you get Phoebe with the sort of like sawed off shotgun version of the proton pack. And you also get a ghost trap that is designed to be mobile. It's called the RTV ghost trap and it has wheels on it. It's basically just like an RC car with a ghost trap on top of it. Yes. Which was so brilliant. No one had thought of it before, by the way. Dude, I saw that in the trailer, and I was like spiking a football, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah, that's man. what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Ghostbusters for life, dude. Yeah, yeah. it's it's such a a, a no-brainer concept if you think about like what these guys are supposed to be doing. It's like, fuck, man, that's so smart. This yeah. Jason Reitman kid really thought about it. Really knows. Oh. 
it's Ghostbusters. It's a weird thing. What if they came out with a drone ghost trap? That yeah. would be sick, dude. I'm no, surprised that hasn't that. already been a thing. I know. Well, you got, you got you got another movie coming also, out. Also, I really, 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 really fucking hate that they made the fucking RC trap sentient. Because it catches the ghost and it's like, wee <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was like, a little. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you that. That was a little bit much. You know, it was a little bit much. Now, if, if it, podcast would have been like, woohoo, I would have been like, okay, that's cool. But like the ghost trap itself jumps. It's like Johnny Five is alive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like the fucking RC car from Toy Story. You didn't oh, hear yeah. the dialogue in that scene? It was like, wheels don't fail. Almost uh, played uh, Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Uh, Bingo! There, you cross that one off. <laughs> yep, you yep. We did Banny entries. We did Wheels Don't Fail Me Now. Yeah. Chipotle. What else we got, man? We're a broken record, buddy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't think there's gonna be any big ass titties in this movie, but okay. Yeah. Dude, every time a fan hears that, they should take shots. Um, <laughs> well, that would require a fan, Tony. Yeah. We also I'm could here. We can make. I'm here. We can make a MOTCU bingo carts. Yes, we could. Yeah. We could indeed. Um, not a bad idea. I'm trying to think of what else would be on the MOTC bingo cards. I have to revisit that. That's a good idea. Tony, we should make have... those. Tony, get on it. Yeah, get on it. <laughs> right, Tony. That's your job. We, we... R and D. That's all you. Yeah. <laughs> we will pay you nothing, but yep. we will steal the idea. Y'all pay me no attention already, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mute, mute chat is like the best feature on Facebook Messenger. Yeah. As soon as they see my name, I know they mute the chat. <laughs> not just yours. No, not no, just no, yours. No, no, no. And Tony, you know, I, I preemptively muted that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that, that chat is never unmuted. That's what I was going to say. It's just I'm always there to muted. Provide, yeah. I'm there to provide I, a service for the fans anyway. So that's just absolutely. a little love. Yeah. 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 No, I, it's muted just like Doug, and I'll just check on it every once in a while. Yep. Like, well, let's see what you guys are up to. Oh, no, don't don't want don't like that. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Um, yeah. So yeah, we get the chase sequence, and um, they destroy tons of property in in the um, just ensuing battle with so Mantra. reckless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They blast the Spinners restaurant. It is no Spinners. Spinners, yeah. It's kind of no, like no. Halloween Horror Nights, bah, bah, man. Bah, bah, bah. It, Joe, Joe, you're really gonna like the center sign if you actually paid attention underneath. It says sinners and it says sacks underneath it. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, Joe, are we going to Horror Nights this year? You know the diner. I sent you the they, dates, didn't I? I? You may have, but they changed diner to die. That's fun. Oh, kind sweet. of in the same vein. Yeah, nice. I like that. Um, yeah, I got the dates. I can go. So we will go. Maybe no, Doug can't make a diner. He's going to Vegas. We're yeah. going. In oh, September, by the way. Right? Two yeah. years ago, today, I, I came to Florida for the first time. Yeah, that was two years ago? Two years ago today, 2021, August 6th through 9th, 2021. Hell yeah, I'm going to take a drink for that. Yep. God damn it. My first time is a Florida, right? construct. Here's the other chase scene. You'll see uh, Joe take a chaser right here. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Yeah. I've been timing those ever since he keeps popping that cork. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's popping it. He's popping it. Um, so, yes. Oh my, <laughs> oh, my God. It was at the t- it was at the top of the label when I started. That's not good. 
That's oh, no, it's really good. good. What are you talking about? <laughs> not going to be good in the morning, buddy. Oh, I was going to say, maybe on a Saturday night, but... Pussies. Oof. <laughs> amateurs. Get on the roof. You guys are amateurs. <laughs> so, they succeed in capturing Muncher with Egon's RC-mounted ghost trap, the RTV. All the chaos alerted the police, and they are subsequently pulled over and put in the town's holding cell. During their time at the jailhouse, Phoebe uses her one phone call option... <laughs> um, oh, I skipped a clip, man. Yeah. Long fucking clip, too. Long clip. Do you want this long clip or do you just want to skip over it? I mean, I feel you. like we should have this one because it's got the most yeah, iconic yeah. line in the fucking history of Ghostbusters. There's well, no, lights I, here. Yeah. I skipped the one before the iconic one. Oh, the Munchers? Yeah. Okay, we, we can do that one, that. too. I yeah, thought we did that it. one, but maybe not. Is that a free floating metal muncher? Definitely class five. Okay, uh, what do we do? Let's get him. What? Let's get him. There you go. This yeah. is a little cutie. A little cutie clip we, there. We played that already, by the way. I thought that's we did. That's, that's why I said I thought we played it already. Uh, maybe, maybe. Maybe I'm not the one who's been drinking the wild turkey. Uh, I mean, I'm two beers, but I am getting older, so you never know. Two beers might be my limit. Um, so, yeah, they're in jail, and Phoebe uses her one phone call option to call the number of a very important person. And this is the clip. This is the iconic one. Hey, don't we get a phone call? Sure you do. Who are you going to call? Get that 212 area again. You experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? You or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. I'm surprised never saw in service. a call and we're closed. Wait! I only get one phone call. I'm... in prison. Huh. Slammer, huh? I've been there myself. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm listening. Are you Ray Stans, the Ghostbuster? And now I'm hanging up. Hang on, please! I... I'm calling about Egon Spangler. Egon Spangler can rot in hell. He died last week. Oh, man. No kidding. Weren't you two friends? That was a long time ago. What happened to you guys? Oh, well, look, when we started, busting ghosts was a gas. I mean, the economy was good, Reagan years. People believed in us, and things got slow, hauntings got thin. Venkman thought we did our job too well. 
Oh, we could barely keep up our mortgage. Some actor bought up most of Tribeca and we lost the firehouse. It's a Starbucks now. So then you all just walked away? Peter went back to academia. He's at SUNY Cortland now. He's a professor emeritus. He teaches advertising and promotion. Winston went into finance. He worked hard, coined a fortune, and, and I'm here. Well, what about Egon? Well, he wasn't helping. We went from 10 calls a week to one if we were lucky. And then Egon started to tell people that their little ghost problems didn't matter because the world was coming to an end. He got spooky, freaked me out. One morning I go to work, an Ecto-1, our old Cadillac is gone, his neutrino thrower, collider pack, all the traps, 16 ounces of fuel isotope, all gone. He cleaned us out. Now we were the dead ones. Well, don't you think he might have had a reason? He phoned me about 10 years later, some small town in Oklahoma, kept rambling on about the rising storm, the huge psychic tornado that was going to consume humanity in darkness forever. Now, and kid, I wanted to believe. You don't understand. There's this mountain and it has these ancient carvings. Kid, and... kid, kid, there are a lot of mountains out there with ancient carvings. Take a little advice. Don't go chasing ghosts. Egon Spangler was my grandfather. Time's up. Hey, hello? So long clip. I know, but mm-hmm. you get a lot of goodies there. And Stance basically tells her, you know, don't go chasing waterfalls. Just <laughs> stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Um, for you me, the first no time. Scrub. I... A scrub is a guy I can't get no love from him. Hanging the passenger side of the gunner seat of her best friend's ride. Yep. Trying to <laughs> haul in a uh, metal muncher. Nailed it. <laughs> Virtual high five. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, so yeah Stan's answers explains everything that went down in their history with uh, Egon and the crew the falling out you know the stealing of the equipment end of the world all that kind of stuff um, got a question for you Eric on that one to answer your Ghostbusters 2 and why that wasn't mentioned but mm-hmm. yet Stance is in uh, Raise a Cult and that was only after they made their lucrative business in the first movie that's true so you- you get yeah, your my... raise a cult. Yeah, you yeah. get your you get the toaster. I mean, the toaster was an important piece of Ghostbusters too. Yeah. So it definitely happened. You know, they just they don't spend a lot of time, you know, because because it raises the question too, like why is the Ecto one not the Ecto one A with all of the extra stuff on it, you know? And why isn't he yeah. selling tequila? Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> or vodka, vodka. 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 crystal vodka, yeah. 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 I'm sure he tried to put it in the background of a scene and somebody was like, man, yeah, Dan, could you fucking <laughs> chill with the vodka, please, for Christ's Um, That's the only way to get this guy's autograph. I've looked into it. You got to yeah. go to a liquor store and find him and he'll be hawking that vodka somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to buy one and it's like a fucking $100 bottle of vodka and he will sign it for you. So maybe one day. So yeah, we get all the history. Um, Callie and Gary were out on a date during all of this and they show up and bail the kids out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's Phoebe's like coming into her own here. She fucking, she basically pulls a gun on a cop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the mom steps in immediately and she's like, no, no, no. Like she doesn't know what she's doing. 
um, Phoebe confronts her mom for not telling her who their grandfather really was. Mm-hmm. And Callie's point of view with this whole thing is like, you don't understand the history that I had with my father. Like he abandoned us. Like she has no love for this man. Um, she actually, she's not into science because he was into science and never bonded. And, and he just didn't care. Um, he became a recluse on this fucking weird farm in Oklahoma. And, and that was that. The kids feel like there's got to be a reason that their grandfather would sacrifice everything to live in this farm in the middle of nowhere. Um, They figure out that his lab and his dirt farm was actually a field of hundreds of ghost traps meant to capture Gozer. They realized that his trap must have failed and they set off to investigate the mine shaft once more. So even visually, when you look at the farmhouse in this movie and it's got all of these antennas and shit on the top of it, it's almost meant to resemble the Ghostbusters equipment, kind of like the car has all of these weird, you know, tubes and bobs mm-hmm. and, and greebles and shit on top. Um, it's just, it's a giant trap. So it's kind of cool. Um, the kids are leading the charge to figure out what the plan was and what's going on in this mine. Um by this time, Lucky's been getting closer with Trevor. There's some flirting going on. Trevor's lying about his age. Um, my one criticism of this movie maybe is that the Trevor-Lucky stuff, they don't spend... It's not as fleshed out. It doesn't no, really need to be. It's but very, very secondary. Yeah, yeah. Um, That could be possible how they truncated it down to a two-hour movie because there was some deleted yeah. scenes that still yeah. yet to been released i'm mm-hmm. sure yeah i'm sure they you know they looked at the whole nut and they're like all right we could lose some of this this routine romance stuff it doesn't you know it's not necessary <laughs> um she also he also figures out that she's the sheriff's daughter so that's a fun little ad there um she tags along to the mine with trevor phoebe and podcast they discover the root of all the tremors is the fact that the mine is actually a portal to the evil dead and every time Gozer attempts to raise the horde of ghosts along with the terror dogs, a series of four proton packs, um, they activate and they cross streams and stop it from happening on a cycle. So this was all very smart. And this is all figured out by Egon. He rigged this whole thing so that he could keep this shit at bay. Um, it's just a suppression. It's like, a Tylenol for the end of the world you know what I mean like it doesn't stop it stop it it just kind of subsides it yeah like a band-aid with proton packs yes mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> um so yeah this was the source of the tremors holding goes back was the insurmountable task that Egon had taken on alone since nobody else believed him so he sort of vindicated in this moment that same night Gary goes to Walmart to pick up some ice cream, <laughs> which is a wonderful little Ant-Man Easter egg yes. with the Baskin Robbins. Um, he's doing like such Paul Rudd shit. Like, I feel like yeah, this, this is the, the best, the best Easter egg in the movie, by the way, is it him is, getting man. fucking Baskin Robbins. And even just like his delight over the flavors, like there, there's a throwaway line where he's like blue velvet. Yeah, I know. Yes. Like, there's no way that was in the script. I'm sorry. That's no, all, I, all right. I agree. I agree. Um, he discovers several mini Stay Puffed Marshmallow bags, and one of them starts moving around. And from it emerges a tiny Stay Puffed Marshmallow man. 
And in a very Gremlins-like sequence, they start to <laughs> multiply and they start to cause uh, a ruckus in the store. Um, it's fun. It's It was definitely the moment in the movie where I was like, okay, this is for kids. Like, you know, and they're... Market placement. <laughs> yeah, they're grilling yes. each other and shit. Although it is funny, like, they're all happy to die, which was kind of kind of cool. I know. I love the grill where they were grilling each other with the, uh, like, making s'mores and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. There's a T2. There's cheeky. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the most, like, not as well. full out just, like, uh, murder fucking... Yeah. <laughs> can't like a montage of murder yeah. mm-hmm. no there's a t there's a t2 nod because one of the marshmallow men is he's going down and he puts his thumb up oh, yeah. <laughs> <He goes down. laughs> yeah. oh that's awesome and like yeah. the Roomba that runs over one of them it's like yes. a skid mark of marshmallow yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah yep. so we get all this chaos and you know Gruberson's trying to make sense of it all he comes upon the terror dog that he released from the ghost trap earlier in the movie and he's eating like a fucking bag of old Roy or something. Um, <laughs> this is a, one of the like laugh out loud funny moments in this movie for me is when the dog notices him and looks up. He takes yeah. the fucking basket of Robin's pint and throws it <laughs> at his nose <laughs> and just runs away. Ugh, so funny. Um, but, you know, it's a clever callback to like him showing the kids Cujo. He's getting chased by this fucking what's, giant dog. What's yeah. really weird, though, is it's a Walmart, clearly, because it says mm-hmm. Walmart. But all the signs inside are red. Like they couldn't use the Walmart blue signs because it doesn't look like a Walmart inside because all the signs are the wrong color. We got to ask our resident Canadian, Andrew, if the signs, because it's filmed in Canada. So yeah, we got to ask our true. resident Canadian yeah. if the signs in Walmart are red. Because it wasn't like they didn't have the licensing rights to call it Walmart. Because okay. <laughs> no, it, it honestly could be because in Canada, that's what they do. Maybe. Mm, interesting. Because yeah. it just didn't look like a Walmart inside. It looked kind of like a Walmart, but also didn't. I did but, see. I did see a, a little bit of trivia about the the outside shot next to the Walmart or in the distance is a, is a like a car lube place that's only you know it, you only see it in Canada. Oh, so okay. It was clearly filmed in Canada, so yeah, could, that could be the reason, Joe. I'm not sure, but yeah. when uh, when he ran through the fucking uh, Tim Hortons and shit, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah exactly, exactly. Well, um, the Corolla when the Terror Dog lands on the Corolla. Uh, Fun fact is, I know the guy's um, the guy's sister that owned the Corolla. Guy that I know, uh, Ryan Peterson. His sister lives in uh, Alberta, where they shot it, and uh, that was her Corolla that they actually took off of her. Uh, no way! Really? Yeah, yeah. And um, he runs a uh, a Facebook group called Pedal Beards of Derm, which is a kind of like a <laughs> fun take of pedal pedal boards of doom, but. It, he's just a really kooky guy but he was he was the one that like gave me like kind of some of the inside baseball as they were filming uh when they when they were allowed to on set with, for some of the extras and she ended up being one of the extras in one of the scenes oh that's cool oh, that's cool. very cool, cool man yeah wow. I, I was like super jelly dude that's all i replied back yeah. to him but my jaw was in the floor when he was sending me shots of the town and the spinners because yep. it used to be called something else but they they did all the movie stuff to, to yeah. make all the signage yes. for the town yeah. It was just great that th- that even happened. But, you know, even to see the terror dog, like, jump on it and, like, shatter the windshield and everything, like, she was totally honored that that happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that, that terror dog, you know, mostly practical. I mean, they just built a fucking terror dog. Yeah. And it looked beautiful, man. And, mm-hmm. yep. and so that, accurate. Yeah. That scene where he's on the hood of the car, 
you know it, it is one of the scarier sequences in in the a ghostbusters movie is like the terror dog stuff the jump scares and all that but they break it up with the levity of like the weight of the terror dog is too much for the tires so they fucking yes. pop and just slowly <laughs> like it's great yeah. yeah um yeah that's that's your you know what this movie is missing is rick moranis i and, agree yeah yeah and and you can't argue that man like he was there's such a, a reason huge for that part. well i mean you know rick moranis he's on really, hiatus yeah and for good reason man like he had yep. his reasons for leaving the industry and all that so. also i'd rather um see the parody of this bustin makes me feel good with rick moranis no nah. wow <laughs> Oh my god i mean it, i wouldn't wow. be surprised if you could, <laughs> that came yes. up on Pornhub. um you do miss moranis but um paul rudd sort of channels him in some ways in this he movie. does especially in this scene like yeah. even at the the you know when when the terror dog goes at him through the windshield and then it yeah. cuts to black it, it it's it's all an homage to to moranis definitely totally totally um so yeah we get that and then we get back at the farmhouse callie finds the hidden lab um her dad's lab and she discovers that her father had kind of like this memory board of her whole life on the wall um she she had assumed like i said earlier that this guy just didn't give a shit and he's cataloged her entire life like braces you know like in a very (laughs) eon spengler way like he's got little notes about you know um, the goings on of her life and you get the sense that he so wished he could have been part of it but he couldn't because he had to save the world so she it was, she it gets was very cool i'm sorry it's very cool they used a lot of shots of carrie coon um like real pictures of her as a kid yeah like you yeah, could yeah. tell it was her. yeah 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 you know it wasn't just a shot that they de-aged or whatever in it in you know in photoshop and you see the photo age of it too in the yes, film. Yeah, exactly. So it was it was very cool that they went that far. I mean, obviously it was good that she had that stuff available for them, but I thought it was cool. Also, yeah. I wonder how many times when she was growing up and like she's like, I wonder where my dad is, and then someone made the joke, he gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that one, Jay. That's, That's the good. Joseph O'Rourke director's cut of Ghostbusters. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Your dad's Egon Spangler? No, he gone Spangler. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he went out for the milk, dude. He was trying to save the world. Yep. Went out for the Twinkies, my friend. How does her mom also not tell her that's her dad? <laughs> like, like did, she, she, did she know her dad was a Ghostbuster? Yeah, here's my, here's she, my, oh, yeah. my was. Yeah. She just disowned him. Yeah. yeah. My fan theory is that him. her mother was a fling, and it was like a just it wasn't like a, a solid thing. It's not like they were married yeah. or anything. Mm-hmm. And Egon devoted his life to science. So, of course, he was all about doing his job and doing his yeah. job very well. So, of course, he went on a 100% attack of trying to save the world. That so makes he, sense. That makes total and it, sense. And it ultimately makes his martyrdom, too, which is the beginning of this film. Basically, yeah, he was he was really good at science and realized when there was no chemistry. Bam. Bam. There it is again. Fucking. I don't even know what to say. Um, we got to take a break. When we come back, part three of Ghostbusters Afterlife, we will put this thing to bed. We will rate this movie. We will decide whether it rules or whether it sucks. And we hope you join us there. Oh, 
Hey there, uh, it's me, your buddy Eric, and I am here to remind you about the monthly art show at Hourglass Brewing in Longwood, Florida. Every month, there's a different theme, sometimes movie-related, sometimes not. We've had MCU, we've had Star Wars, we've had John Carpenter, and all of these amazing local artists will contribute to the show. The art will be hanging all month long, but the best part is that you have the ability to purchase any of that local art and bring it home. Uh, again, check out Hourglass Brewing in Longwood, Florida, and tell them MOTCU sent you.